We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and we're back, we're back. It's Thursday, February 23rd. Back from the NBA All Star break, and back in my my uh, my eyes, my my black eyes from my my pickleball injury. They're they're slowly going away. It's it's gotten better. It's gotten better. It just looks like I'm a little bit tired. I'm a little bit tired. I'm, I'm I am a little bit tired. Right? Had a couple of days off. Able to sleep in a little bit more, a little bit more, uh, but I'm glad to be back uh, on the show. I'll be covering with this is like a mailbag episode. Okay, I, I got I, I I always get questions in. Send your questions in for the show if you have any topics that you would like to have covered. Any specific questions about anything? Email them in questions at theoryofdfs.com. You see it on the on the scroll on the on the bottom of the screen. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. And uh, I sort through and I go and I go in detail answering anything that you have for me. I typically let uh, questions about certain topics kind of like see, see what multiple people are maybe having issues with or having questions about. And then I start going over those. And sometimes, you know, it's it's a topic that lasts, you know, a week and a half. We go period by period through it in an unstructured way. If you want structured learning. I'd suggest you get the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, uh, my two courses, the Fundamentals Masterclass, as well as the Advanced Course that comes with Excel tools. You get that at theoryofdfs.com. So today I'm just going. I'm just going through like some some uh, submitted questions in that maybe not they don't really kind of fit anywhere, and they probably don't need a, an entire show about them. Just so uh, so I, I can get them off my plate, right? Mailbag episode. Why not? Mailbag today. Tomorrow we're doing MMA. Right, I am playing the MMA slate uh, this this coming week. Uh, Thirteen fight card on uh, at the Apex, so uh, so we'll be covering that tomorrow. Uh, but uh, give me those thumbs ups. Give me the thummy thumbs. You know how my I, I miss them. I miss the thummy thumbs in the morning. So hit the thumbs up button. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. What does this here early as usual? Daniel Hutchings, Nerdy Tenor, welcome back. Defect Kickstart. Yeah, Dan, yeah, Nerdy Tenor. You get he that. Yeah, I do the, the, I'm an Onyx tier person. I do the prize chest. Typically I get like 30,000, maybe 50,000 crowns. And then I saw on Twitter last night, it's like 5 million crowns. Like, here you go. 5 million crowns, which uh, uh, crowns are, are, are equal to 550 crowns equal a dollar. That's if, for like DK dollars. So uh, 5 million crowns is like 9,090, $9,091 or something. So that, that's nice to get out of the blue. Right, it's it's more like rake back. I mean, you're you're paying a ton in rake as it is. So here's 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 nine grand. There you go. Typically, mine is like what, fifty four bucks, right? Fifty four, seventy, seventy bucks, something like that. Uh, but I guess I, I don't play I don't play as high volume 
as as much as as nerdy tenor, but it's it's always nice always nice to get the weekly prize chests. Uh, but I I do have I do have questions here I, in my in my inbox. Remember, send in your questions questions at theoryofdfs.com. If you don't send in questions, I don't got answers. What am I going to talk about? Nerdy tenor says, uh, with the amount of rake I pay, they should be sending me daily love letters. Yeah, but you know that's not that. Love letters, you know, they're not worth anything. I'd, ra- I'd rather the, the prize chest. I'd rather the prize chest. You just give me the money back. Just give me the money. Okay, so let's go through some of this stuff. Okay. Uh, do I even say people's names? Luke, Luke Holbrook, right? Some of these are old. Some of these, I mean, I let them stockpile up to see, you know, what, what topics to cover. But I'll, I'll, I'll always answer everything. So I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go through like, like every, I mean, some people send like paragraphs upon paragraphs of stuff, but uh, the, the main thing is uh, I'm a, I'm a small stakes, casual player, play a lot of hundos, hundos, like the hundred man type of contests. They typically pay out like with top 12, top 15, something and 35 man, 10 X boosters. So basically top three pay for those, right? I believe yeah, top three. What I want to know is if I'm thinking about these correctly. And how my thinking should change as I eventually, hopefully, move up in stakes. I generally play three to five lineups, each based around some kind of stack with chalkier pieces mixed in and maybe a player who is leveraged off of some of the chalk. I'm assuming this for NFL, right? If you're talking about stacks, because in NBA, you're really not, you're not stacking. Part of the thinking for these lineups, I can play the best plays and let my opponents make mistakes. In other words, it's mostly first and maybe second level thinking. My questions are, is this the right way to approach these contests? at least at the lowest buy-ins and at what entry amount should I expect the competition to change where I need to focus more on second and third level thinking. What I don't want to assume is that if I'm successful at lower stakes. I could just apply the same strategies at higher stakes. Well, you really have to look at the contest that you're playing. Firstly, uh, I mean, what, like it's hard, it's hard to determine exactly what it is you're doing when you're like, I'm going to play a chat stack with chalky pieces mixed in and maybe like, all of those words are word salad that don't mean mean anything. Okay, the the main the main thing the main thing that is pointed out in this is uh, you're describing lineups incorrectly. Okay, so one of the, one once you get DFS, you will stop calling these these types of lineups. You could describe lineups any way you want. Like each, I generally play three or five lineups, each based around some kind of stack. So they have correlation. Okay. That doesn't mean if it's a stack or anything, just like, okay, I w- what does correlation do? It increases the variance of your lineup, which is what you want to do to some extent in progressive payout contests, such as the ones that you're playing, Hundos, 10X boosters. Although it's not like a 10X booster, is it like first gets this, second gets that, third gets this, like progressively, it's just like the top three. But still, that's like the top what? of the contest, you have to get all the way up there. So you need to increase the variance of your lineup. The Where you want to decrease the variance of your lineup is in non-progressive payout structures, such as double ups, right? You get the 50-50s, right? You get to a certain point. Most of the half the field get paid the same. doesn't matter if you come in first or 50th, right? At 100 man, 50-50. So you're probably looking to reduce the variance of your lineup. So when you say... Based around some kind of stack, you're just saying correlation. Increase the variance of your line. With chalkier pieces mixed in and maybe a player who's leveraged off of some of the chalk. So basically, you're, lo- you're looking to decrease the ownership of your lineup so that you are you can get points that the field is not getting. Okay? How you do it, you could do it in a million different ways. Maybe not a million, but a lot of, a lot of different ways. But like going through going, I'm going to do this specific thing. It's like, no, I'm going to play a lineup that is slightly lower projected with lower ownership, right? It's still projection versus ownership. And that will increase the variance of your results and adding correlation so that when one event happens, another event is more likely to happen. That you go from uh, the range of outcomes of your lineups become wider than your opponents. So you have more likelihood of when when three players do well together, you're more likely to come in first, second, third, fourth, those types of places. When they do badly, you come in like 98th place, right? So you just, all you're doing is increasing the variance of your lineup. How are you doing so? Through correlation and through leverage. 
That's it. You could increase the variance. You could increase the variance of your lineup simply through more leverage or more correlation. Doesn't have to be a mix of the both. It could be a mix of any of them. So if, if you're playing, let's say NFL, and your projected lineup, the top cash lineup is 120. You're playing a lineup at like 113 that is correlated and half is owned. How 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 it is? It, it doesn't matter. Don't, don't worry about. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do two plus one. I'm gonna do three plus one. Oh, this running back is popular. I'm gonna play the opposite wide receiver because they're they're it's it's direct leverage off of that. You can't. You're just describing, you know, dynamics of a lineup. But you could literally not look at any of the players in your lineup and just look at what's the total projection, what's the total ownership. You could just do that, and not even why you don't even have to what you don't have to stack even. You don't even have to stack. In NFL, you could just say, I need to beat 100 people. And you take a look at those lineups. And a lot of people in those contests play lineups that are too chalky. That a lot of the a lot of the players in the, a lot of the users, a lot of the lineups have a lot of overlap, meaning that out of a, out of a 10 player lineup, there's sh- a lot of they're sharing six, seven of the same players. Right, you have a hundred hundred lineups in your contest, or the third, let's say the thirty-five man ten X boosters. It's quite possible twenty-eight lineups out of thirty-five have the same four players in it, and the fifth player is shared by like fourteen other lineups in combination. Like you see, tons of overlap. Ownership eighty percent ownership, seventy percent ownership, sixty percent ownership, and people are kind of just playing two v twos off each other. If that's the case, like you should be more inclined to lower lower your projection a little bit, not absurdly, or add add more correlation that those lineups do not have. So you're not sharing the same points as as much of the field. Now you can't get to the extreme example, and I'm going to sacrifice 30 points in projection. Probably not in a, in a 35-man 10x booster. But like how you do it, don't think in terms of like, well, I'm going to stack. It's like, well, what happened in another sport? What, what, how, how do you, how would you do it in basketball? There's no, really no stacking in basketball. So what would you do in basketball? You, I'm just, most people are playing lineups that project uh, 287 and are owned, you know, X. I'm going to play a lineup that's like 282 and own half of X. And there you go. That would probably be a plus EV lineup, especially the more and more of your opponents that are playing lineups that project closer to 287. Because the only way to get lineups that project close to 287 is you have got to share out of the eight spots in your in your in the lineup, you're probably sharing five or six players. Four, five, six players. So just don't have that those combinations of players. Doesn't mean you doesn't mean you have to fade all those players. Just don't have the similar combinations. You have to sacrifice a couple of points of projection to do so. But since so many of the lineups in your contest are sharing the same points, when a cup when those lineups do badly, a lot of them do badly. You're in a 35-man contest, and it's like if these three play if these three players have snowflakes, like 30 of the 30 lineups in your entire contest all have like they're all going down. And you're like, I only have one of those guys. Well, it's gonna be easy because now, now you're not playing against you're not playing against 34 lineups. You're kind of playing against three or four lineups that are just like kind of pseudo duplicated. They're not duplicated in full, but similar combinations in most of your opponent's lineups. That will happen at any stakes level. The stakes don't matter. Just you have to study those contests. And from my from my experience, in 10x boosters, in quintuple ups, like anywhere from 3x to 10x. Too many people play cash lineups, cash style lineups, high, median, optimal lineups in those contests. The hundos, they do a little bit a little bit more. Maybe then people aren't throwing their cash lineups in, but they're still playing very high projected, high owned lineups. So you should be more inclined to sacrifice projection, add leverage, add correlation, add variance to your lineup in whatever way you see fit. And reap the and reap the 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 EV rewards of that. 
Understand when you lose, you're going to get crushed, right? Because so many people are sharing the same points, right? But the whole goal is like in a hundo is the, you're still looking to come in first. It's a GPP. And you, even though you're not going to cash as often, when you win, you win more than you should. So as far as first level, second level, third level thinking, you're always using second level thinking. First level thinking is, I'm just going to play the, I'm going to play cash lineup there and not care about what anyone else is playing in the contest. But that's obviously flawed. The, the success and the amount of profit that you make is is always, always, always going to be highly affected by what your opponents play. Now, if you see that you're playing a 35-man 10x booster and everyone's playing lineups that are 30 points lower projected than optimal, then play your optimal lineup. But, I mean, I'm describing a contest that doesn't exist. In, a, in your 35-man 10x booster, maybe there's, maybe there's two or three lineups. Maybe there's two or three lineups in there where you're like, what did, this, what did these people do? Why did They didn't play this guy. They played these three guys, and you, you, you run their lineup through, and it's like their, their lineup is... 24 points lower than your projected optimal. And it's like, okay, those that those are mistakes. But you don't get that many in that that con. You're not gonna, you're not gonna see that many of those lineups in a 35-man 10x booster or even in a hundo. Right? Maybe in a hundo, maybe, maybe you see six out of a hundred. That's not enough to even beat the rake, even if you're just gonna like kind of throw in your cash line. But just with anything, you have to look at your con. You have to look at those contests. You have to study the contests that you play. So look, run those lineups. Run, run, look, just download the CSV. You have the projections from the day before, right? And run and see what every lineup was projected and owned and projected to be owned or whatever. And do that every day. Don't do it. Oh, I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at this contest for two days, three days. No, I'm talking about 30 days. I'm talking about a hundred. I'm talking about every, do this every day. Do it to the point in which you think it's stupid to do it anymore because you it's so obvious. Right? You download the you download the CSV. If this is DraftKings, obviously. Of your Hundo contest. And you see what are the projections? What are all the lineups? What is their projection? What is their ownership? From the projected ownership. So you're using you're using your figures from the day before. And you do that the next day and the next day and the next day. And you see the trend, you see how look what is your lineup in comparison to those lineups? I guarantee you that within a week, maybe two weeks, maybe, I mean probably a week, you're gonna see like the same thing over and over again. Right? You get enough evidence to go, okay, I, I see what most of these I see a lot of people are playing two two catchy lineups. Maybe you'll find it. Maybe some of these hundos. Maybe people are playing much more much. The, the lineups are at much more frequency of equilibrium than than you would think. Then they're, they're not going to be. But I mean, it could happen. It depends on the contest. Certain days, maybe it, it does work out that way. But you got to study. You got to study the contest that you play. Okay, so let me. Let me archive that. Uh, I'll just make sure because I always, I always thought covered your question on today's show. I just want to make sure everyone, because I mean, this this question is from like a month and a half ago. But yeah, so Luke got taken care of you. Okay, there's some questions that I, I that from from like a month and a half ago that I'm not going to answer today, only because they're going to be part of what's coming up the next couple of weeks. Okay, Josh Hunter. Okay, talking about the contest reviewer. Okay, this is this is more about uh, what's in the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced players, one of the Excel tools. Uh, says, uh, one of the suggestions you had a few episodes ago, which was, you know, a month and a half ago, uh, was to use the contest reviewer to see the average projection and ownership of the contest in general. To answer questions like, is it more exploitable to play a cash lineup because other entrants are giving up too many projected points and so forth? For the contest reviewer tool, I can only see comparing to specific individuals, not the contest as a whole. Yes, I mean, what you what you do in the contest reviewer tool, you could check individual users, but in the contest reviewer, you could grab all of the lineups. So you grab all the lineups, right? And you could 
just import them into the into the into the portfolio trick, right? As long as you have the projections in there. So if there's thirty thousand people, I mean, just import that in the portfolio trimmer. In the portfolio, you could sort by anything. Now, you in the contest reviewer, if you know Excel, you could just sort the line. You could compute that. You could just add a column and and kind of do it yourself. I don't care about the average project. I don't. I don't care about average projection and ownership. I just I want to see the number of lineups. What percentage of the field? have lineups that are too low projected. What percentage of the field have lineups that are too high owned? And whatever numbers you you say are too high owned or too low projected are up to you, whatever it is. You go, I want to see how many lineups there's. There's, there's 5,000 lineups in my contest, right? There's 10, let's make the, 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 the math easier. There's 10,000 lineups in my contest. I'm going to take all these lineups. I'm going to put them in the portfolio trimmer. So I could see what the the projection and ownership of every lineup is. I don't care what the what user it is, right? I don't care. And I and I'm gonna go, okay, uh I'm gonna I'm gonna filter, I'm gonna trim even. You could even trim. Out of these ten thousand lineups, I wanna trim uh anything that's like like if your if your top optimal lineup was the in basketball was three hundred. You're like, I'm gonna see how many lineups are under two eighty. So you just max the trim at 280 and go, how many lineups are left? And you may go, oh, 716. Okay, that's 7.16%, right? Okay. Then maybe you do the trim the other way with the ownership. And you go, I'm going to trim out lineups that are, uh, you know, let's say your top optimal lineup is uh, 180% total owned. And you're like, it's like, yeah, I think anything anything over like 165 is too chalky. So you like, so you set the trim at max at, the min at 165 and then see what's left. And you say, okay, how many lineups are 165% owned or above? And it maybe it maybe uh it leaves you with uh the 1600 lineups. Okay, that's 16% of the field. So like 16% of the field is playing two two chalky lineups, and 7% of the field is playing two, you know, two low projected lineups. You combine them together and you go, okay, 23. 23% of the field is playing lineups that that are probably negative EV for, for this for this contest type. And there you go. Right? And then maybe you say another let's let's take a look at this contest. Let's take a look at it. And to me, that's 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 a better way of judging. But you will almost always find that the largest field contests are the ones that have the highest percentages. You'll almost always. And in the small, in the in the small field stuff. You're more likely to find a higher percentage of the too high owned cash type lineups than the low projected lineups. So, like if you, if you were to study like the like the 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 one twenty one in in MLB, for instance, you won't find that like out of out of what typically there's like five hundred entries or something, something like that. The one twenty one, I believe. But let's say five hundred entries, you may only find like. 20 that are like too low projected but you may find like like especially on like a core slate or something like that you may find like 30 percent of the lineups are like oh the two chalk pitchers in the chalk stack and the chalk one off right and it's like a 2v and people are playing 2v2s of that and that could be 30 percent of the contest right which is highly beneficial for you to not play that type of lineup but the low projected lineups may not exist as much in basketball if you play the, the the three max seven 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 or whatever the hell you know the the triple digit main GPP for the higher stakes you may not find that many low projected lineups but you may find a lot more like oh they just threw their cash lineup or a cash type lineup something that is only a two v two off the optimal and you may find a lot of those types of lineups in those contests and not low projected now those types of lineups remember they. The you you gain equity from those those times types of lineups in different ways, right? The low projected lineups act you know the low projected lineups are are bleeding equity from uh the min cash zone as well as like like the top five percentile range, but it still has a shot at coming in the top five percentile because you know obviously a lineup that projects that low is also going to be much lower owned. So there's leverage there. So it will hit on occasion for first place, 
but the 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 high two high own lineups they have a lot of min cash equity so like like your 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 lineup is actually seeding min cash equity to those lineups but those lineups are seeding like top 1 percentile equity to you right and obviously in a in a in a payout structure where you know progressively goes way up towards the top 1% you much prefer that equity than the min cash equity so let let the let the people that play their cash lineups and those types of oh fine take all the min cash equity you want. But yes, you you could use you could use the contest reviewer and then if you want to just see just lineups in general, just transfer them over to the portfolio trimmer. I mean the portfolio trimmer is basically just here are all the lineups, here are the projections. So and there you go. Here's what the here's the here's we're gonna add up all the stuff for all the lineups and there you go. You can do whatever you want with those lineups. So there you go. That was kind of a kind of a technical support question, maybe, I guess. Covering your question on today's show. Knocking them out. Knocking it out. Okay. And if you have anything to add to add, feel free to put it in the YouTube chat. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna cover this uh later. Uh okay, this one is from Otis Thompson. Okay, this is the, the common this is the common question. Uh, yeah, so okay, for or Otis, um, I'm just gonna basically say uh because he's asking like the, the common question. Here's a common question. I know there's not a set amount of meaning to sacrifice, but how do I judge how much meaning I should be sacrificed? The same like how much without running the lineups that I if you look Otis on all these shows are labeled, okay? I've I've covered this extensively recently on shows that say projection versus ownership exploit. Like in that range, just go through. There's You could probably, uh, four different shows. And the answer is there is no answer, okay? One of the keys to questions in DFS, okay? Put it as a note, put it as a notepad. Take a little post-it note and put it on your monitor, okay? Okay, if you have a question, put it on your monitor. Because apparently people, apparently people, you say something and it goes in one ear and out the other. So put, print it out, print it out on oak, t- on big poster board. You have an office, get a 20-foot sign. Get it, get it, get, go, go to fast signs and get it made. Does this question can this question be answered with a yes or a no? Can this question be answered with an exact number? If the answer is yes for either of those questions, that you're not thinking about DFS properly. Like that's, like you could just stop right there. You could literally stop right there and go, okay, I have this question. And I go, can I, can, is it answerable by me saying yes or no? And they go, yeah, I'm asking you if I can do X. It's like then you're not thinking about DFS properly because you could do anything you want. I mean, there's no there's no set. You, you could leg- legitimately play any lineup you want. Give like given the context. Can I play a lineup that sacrifices five points in projection? Yeah. So I, oh yeah, so I could do that in a head to head against someone that's playing the optimal lineup. I go no no I wouldn't do it there, right? So there's no clear yes or no. There's not. It all depends on context. Yeah. I can answer a question with yes or no, probably with like given like you if you write out like 700 pages of your question where it's a very specific thing and a very smith like, sure, maybe at that point, but no one answered, no one asked those types of questions. Then when you're asking for an exact number, right? I'd say if I, the question, the answer would be if I knew that there was an exact number, I wouldn't be doing these shows, right? If there was an exact number, that was absolutely true. Like how much meeting project 5.7426. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And at this, and if you did X and you, if you set your... If you set lineup HQ to 3.8% randomness, right? And you set your exposures to max of 17.2, like then what then once you press the button, money comes out of your computer. Like that that doesn't exist. There's no such you need a time machine, right? For for for, for exact numbers. Or what I'd say to get the more precise number, you need some type of simulation methodology. Do you, do you are you nerdy tenor, right? Do you pro do you program supercomputers? They go no. Said so. There is the, even coming close to a precise answer is going to be impossible. So all we could do is estimate. All we could do is make make blunt use blunt methodologies. And when you're using blunt methodologies, the preciseness isn't going to be there. So like, can I give up five points of projection? Can I give up seven points of projection? I don't know. It depends on the slate, right? Run the lineups for that slate and go, does this seem good enough to you? Well, I'm only giving up three and I haven't done well for an entire season. Well, maybe you're not giving up enough. I'm giving up 7 million points. Probably probably that's not good either. So where is it? Somewhere in the middle. But what's the number? What's the, there's, there's no, I can't give you a correct answer. I'm judging it also. Right? The same thing with like ownership project. Any any of these projections, there's a margin of error. There's a fragility in all of it. Once you add that fragility, and then you add variance, dude, your the, the margin of error is is humongous. So there's there's, there's not going to be an exact number on anything. You know the concept that you need you need to worry about the more when it comes to that is uh I'm there's fucking noise in here. What the fuck? There like a bird stuck in my wall. I have no idea. Well, I'll check that out later. Uh, the concept is, is that as your projection, if you're playing GPPs, as your projection goes down, your ownership should go down also. That's what you care about the most. I'm going to play a lineup that projects for X and is owned at Y. But there's a lineup that projects better that is lower owned. It's like, why aren't you playing that lineup instead? Don't you want a higher projection for lower ownership? So play that lineup. But that lineup has this guy. Who cares what players in it? Does he project? Is there a projection for it? Is he a number? Yes. Okay. Then you don't need anything anymore. You have to get past that. Okay. Let's see. Douglas Schaefer is asking. Okay. Like, this is something that I asked for to the lineup HQ team. Uh, as far as... Uh, in the build rules, you could see here in the build rules, you could have your ownership. You could have a min total lineup ownership, max total lineup ownership. So it's like, oh, I only want to see lineups that are between 140% owned and 160% owned, if you want to do that. But there's no way of doing that with fantasy points. Like, I want to build, th- I want to build 300 lineups, but I, d- I don't want any lineup that projects lower than 268. Right? You're typically not capping it at the top, but it's like, oh, I don't want any lineups that are, you know, you you run the optimal, you know, you do something like this, right? You go here, you run the optimal type of thing, right? I go, okay, 285.09. And it's like, I don't want to see any lineup that is uh, 270, right? I don't want to build any lineup that is lower than 270, but there's no option in lineup HQ to do that. I've asked for it. And apparently that the way that lineup building, the lineup builders work, I think this is for any optimizer is that uh, it's obviously doable uh, if you were doing it yourself. Like if this, if you're, you're only doing it for you, you could obviously do this in like Python 
right? Or, or something or whatever programming language you're using. But from a lineup builder perspective, it also takes up more time. Okay, so if we, I, apparently, this is what I've been told, I believe. Because I asked for this. I asked, why can't we just make it that there's a min? So I make sure that my lineups don't clump as much. And it's possible to put in. It's like, I don't want any lineup that's lower than 270. But apparently, the way the way that the way that algorithms work, the way that lineup builders go through their building process or anything like that, it adds enough time to that process where uh, if so many people were doing that and building that way uh, before lock, it would slow down for like everyone, right? So a lot of times on, on Roto Grinders and other optimizers is that it needs to be, so a lot of the functionality needs to be scalable. So if you if you had your own if the lineup HQ was only for you, and that's it, and all of the server capacity and all the everything, all the bandwidth was just for you, like yeah, I, I, you could do pretty much anything you want. It would take a little bit longer, yeah, it would take longer to go through, but waiting waiting an extra twenty seconds for lineups may be fine for you. But imagine multiplying the twenty seconds of lineups to two thousand people that are using lineup HQ at the same time. Okay, then there would be on. Then you're now you're sitting there waiting 10 minutes. I don't know if there's a bird. I don't know if there's a ma- there may be a mouse in my wall. I don't know. I hear chirping. Or is that are the birds outside of my window? I have no idea. I have no idea. But yes, but Doug, that that I believe that's that I believe that's the answer to that. There's nothing that we could do. There's nothing that I could do. But uh, yeah, if you want to talk to RG support or something and say, hey, I have a suggestion or something, feel free to. Put that in again, but I believe the last time we talked about this uh, in the lineup HQ team, this was maybe over a year ago. Like I, I, I suggest I wanted it, and apparently it's it's more of a scalability thing than anything. I believe, I believe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I don't remember. Maybe they can do it, and I'm I don't I don't know, but I believe that's the case, right? Just cut, co- just covering these. See, these are the types of questions where it's like, what am I saving these for? Like what? Am I, when am I ever going to have a show that is, is all based around this, like, one thing or anything? Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, John Hoffman asks about uh, books to follow up. Okay, I bought and completed the Advanced Theory of DFS course. I wanted to see if you had any books that you would recommend to dive further into the game theory or statistics to help improve my game. I typically only play football and would be using the offseason to polish up on everything. So books, I mean, you could, uh, I I think from a mindset perspective, I like Nassim Taleb, right? He has like, what? He has four books. What? Fooled by Randomness, Black Swan, Anti-Fragile, and something else. Nassim Taleb. They're, they're not like the easiest of reads. But like, they get, they they put you in the, in the probabilistic mindset like that. So like, obviously you could read like Van, Van Neumann, right? I mean, do you really do you really want to go into game theory? You're buying what Morgan Stern the, with the theory of games by what Von Newman and whatever is the guy's name is? You can read that. That's a it's a math book. You're not dude. I don't dude. I, I don't even understand what's in that book, right? Pretty much. But as far as like statistics wise, if hey, if, if you want to brush up on statistics, I, there are tons of free courses. I would suggest, you know, Khan Academy. Or Coursera, I think, has some stuff like that. They're, they're YouTube, just YouTube statistics courses, and just do that. I mean, if, if, if just simply understanding distributions and standard deviations and any, even uh, statistical concepts that go into like projection models, right? Even though if you're not, you're not modeling that, but if you understand what, you know, correlation coefficients are and, 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 what regression is, you know, all those, you know, just conceptually. That'll still help because that still gets you into that probabilistic mindset. Anything that can, anything that you, where you could think in terms of probability, that will help you in DFS. Hit the thumbs up button because it's, it's apparently on the screen. Steve, Steve needed something to do. It's like, I need something to do. Oh, here's the banner. Hit the, hit the thumbs up button. We need more thumbs. Apparently we need more thumbs. But yes, if I were to re- if I were to read anything, probably this, I mean I've read all four of his books, right? He only has four, right? What's the fourth one? What is the fourth one? I could I could look that up, right? Nassim 
Taleb for his books. Black Swan answer. Oh, skin in the game. Right. He's some other stuff, I guess. But yeah, basically fooled by randomness. The Black Swan, skin in the game, anti-fragile. Something, you know, whatever. They're supposed to be right. I think they're supposed to be right in order. I didn't read them in order. But that that's that's what I would say. I, I think the, the most important one, I think, is fooled by randomness. For DFS purposes. If you're if you're looking, I mean, you if you're watching the show, you probably you probably understand what's in fooled by randomness. Basically, you read fooled by randomness, right? If you don't understand that uh that most of the patterns that you that you see. Are, are are not patterns. You're, you're just looking at variance, right? You're not. You're, oh, on two, uh, the th- the past three full moons, Mike Trout is at a home run. Yeah, you're fooled by randomness. <laughs> That's a, what does that matter, right? So you see, t- you see tons of that in DFS and sports betting, tons of trends and small sample selection bias sele- uh, examples and stuff that doesn't mean anything. That it that doesn't necessarily mean anything. You would need a larger sample size, right? Be like, oh, uh, every single full moon for twenty years, Mike Trout hits a home run. That still could be random, but it's less likely to be random because now you have a much larger sample size, right? So that's that's being fooled by randomness. But I mean, it's all very similar. Black Swan is about outliers, so it's you know anti-fragile. You know, I mean, it's, it, they're all similar concepts in these books. And you have to you have to like. I mean, depends on what what reading style like. Because Nassim Taleb sometimes writes in a very uh, uh, what's a what's a polite way of putting it? Like he 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 writes too academic. Like I don't know. It's not academic. He writes almost to make himself sound smart, right? When he when he can make make he could say a lot of things in much less words and be clearer by it. So that that that's a better way of putting it. But they're not bad books. But that 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 that's what I would read. Read read those four books. Okay, what else have we got? Right, just knocking these out. I got one about combinatorics. I'm, I'm going to be talking about that soon in the, in the next week or two anyway. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Jeremy Robbins. Okay. You're asking about, okay, so this is someone that's playing on a diff, a site that we don't offer, like, projections for. So, Owner's Box. Apparently, I, I think you do, you play that in, like, Ontario, Canada, or something like that. But because the pricing is different, you really can't use Lineup HQ, right? Because you can't build lineups because you can't change the salaries. So, basically, what, what he's asking is that, uh, how what would you do? Right, he said. He said he's been able to use the the scoring. The scoring is similar to Yahoo and FanDuel. I've been able to use those numbers to do a point per dollar calculation. But because the salaries are different, I'm a, have a bit trouble trying to develop my own idea of implied value. I like to use the RGV column in HQ as a sorting mechanism. Oh well, that's easy. All you have to do is come up with a threshold, and as long as it's a multiplier and a constant, like you can apply that across the board. So like that RGV, remember RGV is salary adjusted plus minus. So what should we expect as our threshold of making value for that salary? And then the RGV is what the actual projection is plus or minus. So if Luca died for 11.9K, we have deemed that making value is 55. His projection is 60. So his salary adjusted plus minus is five, right? He's plus five. He's, his projection is five points over that threshold. Whatever threshold you want to make, right? Whatever you deem. But just understand that the lower in salary, the more points you need for GPPs. Like just getting, oh, I got, I got getting 8X, getting 7X out of a 3K player is 21 points. Getting 7x out of a 10k player is 70 points. Right? 21 points and using up one of your eight spots in basketball may not be enough. 21 may not be enough. So that's why you add a constant to make up the fact that the lower price players need a little bit more of a, a little bit, their threshold needs to be a little bit higher. 
And the higher price players, that threshold, you don't need 7X out of 11K player. You don't need 77. You'd love 77, but do you need making value? What's that threshold? You probably don't need 77. So that's why using a multiplier and a constant, whatever that threshold is. So let's say, for instance, you have a 10K player and a 3K player, and you want to make the salary adjusted value plus minus to be requisite for those salaries. So let's say you deem that you you'd want. I mean, we just let's just let's just put it at at thirty. Your threat. I mean, that's a little too high, but let's just say, let's just say twenty-seven or something like that, around twenty-seven. That you want that threshold to be. Well, then normally, I mean, you just go. Oh, well, it's nine x. Yeah, but if you applied nine x to everywhere, you'd say that the threshold for a ten k player is ninety points. Like that's way, that's way too high, right? That's what, like, that's way, right? You'd see, you'd, you know, salary adjusted plus minus of a 10K player is minus 30 at that point, right? So that's why you need the, you need the constant. So if you were going to use like 27 for 3K, it would be more like, like 5X plus 12, right? Right, 3K times five is 15 plus 12 is 27, right? Something like that. I'm just using this. I just pull it out of my ass as an example. 5X plus 12. Because now what's 5X plus 12 of 10? Right? Of 10K. That would be 62. That would be the threshold of a 10K player. How about a threshold of a 6K player? At 5X plus 12. That would be 42. These may be a little too high. Right? These may still be a little too high. Maybe, maybe you want, maybe you want your threshold for a 3K player to only be 24 or 25. Right, so maybe you do five x plus ten, or maybe you do it at twenty four, and you do four x plus twelve. Right, four x times three plus twelve. It'll change these. What's four x times ten? Then it'll make this fifty two, and make the six k player twenty four thirty six. If these look like good enough thresholds for you, then there you go. Apply four x plus twelve to everyone, and then what? If their projection is over or under that threshold. So if the 10K player has a 60-point projection, their salary adjusted plus minus would be 8 plus 8. If the 3K player has a 20-point projection, their salary adjusted plus minus would be minus 4, right? Something like that, right? Whatever numbers you set it as, that's up to you. You're judging it relatively to other players. So it doesn't, as long as you're applying it across the board to everyone, does it have to be exact? But the thing, the main thing is making sure you have a multiplier and a constant. Because then if you just have a multi, if, if it's like, oh, I need 7X out of everyone, you don't need 7X out of a 10K player. You, you'll definitely need, you'll probably need 7X out of a 3K player, but you don't need 7X out of a 10K player. So what are you going to do? Well, for 10K players, I'm only going to put in for 6X. It's like, no, well, now you're not you're not applying it across the board the same. So that's why using that constant. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're like, oh, 4X plus 15. Maybe it's 5X plus 5. Whatever you feel comfortable with. But look, look down the bands of salary and go, well, if I'm applying this for a 3K player, what does that mean for a 10K player? What does that mean for a 6K player? Are those the thresholds that I'm looking to judge the salary adjusted value against. And if you're fine with that, with 52, 36, 24, then there you go. Now you can apply it for a $6,800 player and a $7,200 player and a $4,200. And then you get that, you get the same exact column. That's the RGB column here in lineup HQ for whatever pricing, right? Cause you change this. Obviously it's different pricing. So determine like, okay, on owner's box, a guy is X price. How much should I be getting for X price player, regardless, as a as a value level to make value? And then what's their projection? How many points above or below that projection that is for that salary? And there you go. Is it even necessary to do that? No. If you're just building straight lineups, I mean, the players that have an excess plus salary, a salary adjusted plus minus will appear in more of your lineups. They'll contribute more points to your lineup. So 
They're going to end up there anyway. So we could we could remove the RGV column in, in the lineup HQ. And if you were just ran line, if you ran 300 lineups, you'd be like, wow, I'm getting a lot of the same players that have a high RGV. I mean, like, like if you ran lineups for today's slate or whatever with the current projections that we have right now, like you're going to be getting a lot of Lillard and B. Luca lineups with THT and Kevin Looney. Right? Look at all these centers. You're probably getting Walker Kessler, right? You're getting some combination, Zach, the two, right? Zach Collins, Walker Kessler, right? You're getting some type of guy. You're fitting in some, one of these 11K players. Probably Lillard more so than Embiid. Than Embiid because you're using your two center spots on, you know, these cheaper centers, right? It's going to happen anyway. So do you even need to have this column? No, you don't need to. Because you could run the lineups and see that those are the players that are going to show up in more lineups anyway. So, yeah. So, there. Answered that question. Okay. Anything else? Do, do, do. Any other questions? Because I've, I've got questions here that I will be covering. Nope, I think that's it. Right? I think that's it for now. Send in your questions. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. If you want to get them answered on the show, you don't have to even show up live, right? And I will, just like I've been doing here. Just I, Even if you don't watch every day, even if you don't listen every day, if I cover your question, I'll at least email at, at whatever point and say, hey, cover your question on today's show. So then you can just go take a look at it. Uh, tomorrow we're doing MMA. Okay, we got an MMA card. Uh, I got I got stuff in my spreadsheet working. Well, I mean, I haven't filled out in the odds or anything, but they're, they're there. They're there. We'll be covering it tomorrow. If you want uh, premium MMA stuff, right, the Ground and Pound podcast with Mike and Liam. You got the expert survey. We got the projections. We got the ownership. We got all that type of stuff. Sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. Get a combo premium package. You get the uh, NBA, MLB, MMA, PGA. You get everything. So now, what, 99 bucks a month or something? Something like that. Get $10 off your first month. Click on that link in the description, right? We're always running, running types of things. I think if you sign up for, if you sign up for prize picks, you get something new. You, you sign up for something or other, that there's all these links around to, to get it a little bit, a little bit cheaper. But you can click all those links in the description. I'll hit the thumbs up button. You know how much I love the thummy thumbs. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. And uh, and I'll be I'll be back I'll be back tomorrow with MMA. And then we're back to, we're back to a normal schedule now. Finally, right? No vacations, no 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 All Star breaks, no Super Bowl parties, no nothing. We're down to a normal schedule. We got what thirty something days till thirty days to so till baseball season. That's nice, right? We got some spring training. I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not playing spring training slates, but uh, we'll 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 get into more baseball stuff coming. You know, probably the end of March. Right, end of March, leading into MLB season. So if you got your MLB questions, feel free to send them in, questions at theoryofdfs.com. But other than that, I'll be back on a normal schedule, answering your DFS strategy questions like I normally do here, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.